I could tell you my 300-pound life story now. <laughs> so I have this digital scale. Yeah, I can't hear anything. And I, like, yeah, entered all... No, we had that conversation. No, no, we don't start with your 300-pound life story. We he have to do the intro. It. Start the... Do whatever. Oh, we can start with this. I like this. It's a good start. It's not good. It's kind of just depressing. Well, let's hear. Go ahead. So I got this digital scale, and the digital scale, like, has my height and my weight. It tracks my weight and everything. So the second I installed it, I weighed myself this morning and then immediately said I was morbidly obese. So <laughs> Morbidly? I mean, morbidly. That's such insult to injury. I was like, hey, come on. I'm trying to be positive about the situation. If, I, mean, I, mean, like, I don't need so, you to insult me. If somebody's me. obese, do you really need to add morbidly, morbidly. to it? You just say that's, fat that's fuck. The there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was like a it's little, so there was like a little scale and I was in the red. Damn. It put me in the red side. Hey, well, you know what? You're working with Francesco now. We've got high hopes for you. I, mean, I think him working with Hayden is what made him morbidly obese. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what you should have done right after you took your weight? Mm. Should have taken your blood pressure too. <laughs> I don't. So I don't. I don't want to feel worse. <laughs> I don't want to feel worse about what's going on. So you can become that... clinically depressed. <laughs> yeah, is there an app for measuring depression? This is why he wears all black. He thinks it it's makes very him look more slender. But I think you need a bigger size shirt if you want to look slimmer. Hey man, this is a two XL. <laughs> and that's what this podcast is about. Roasting Marcus on his health markers. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I mean, we'll I'm roast a little bit of everyone. Don't worry, we'll get there. <laughs> All right. Hello, friends, and welcome to the first episode ever of Hybrid Unlimited. We're super excited about this. This has been something that we've been wanting to do for quite a while, and we finally decided to go for it and do it without much experience, but a lot of love and passion. So we hope that that's enough to make this podcast successful. And hatred. Huh? And hatred. And hatred. I Love mean, passion and hatred. Passion and hate. Yeah. That, those are the, the two ingredients for success, right? Hey. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Amen. I don't know. We'll go circle back to that. So unlimited because we want to talk about different topics. We want to talk about science, about fitness, about current events. And we just want to have good conversations amongst each other and with guests, with people that come come in through hybrid to Miami to vacation and bring them in here and just have a good chat. Yeah. So this podcast, since it's the first one, will be a little different than future podcasts in that we're going to sort of introduce who we all are, talk a little bit about hybrid for people who don't know who we are and what we do. Uh, and, you know, we'll, if we have time, we might get into a little bit of powerlifting gossip a little bit of uh, Florida Man activities, all that good stuff. So, Right. So before we get started, um, we'll give you guys a rundown, rundown on what our current hybrid projects are. This is something that we're planning on doing every episode to kind of keep you guys in the loop uh, about what we're doing and what we're working on. So... We have our hybrid showdown coming up February 2nd here in Miami. Alex. Showdown! <laughs> Alex is the mastermind behind this project, and he kind of takes the reins as far as planning everything, making sure that uh, everything gets done and that the meet runs smoothly. Last year's showdown was a total success, but we totally hope that this year is even better. Bigger and better every year. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. Is it sold out yet? I think there's like two spots left for the invite day, but compared to last year, it was a one-day event, only 45 full-power lifters. Now it's two days, 60 full-power lifters each day. So that's like, if my math is correct, uh, almost three times the amount of people as last year. Brains, is that correct? 
Just say yes. Three so three that's... Three times as many as 45 people? 60 over <laughs> two days, bruh. 120. 120. Come on. Pay attention, Kaplan. That's the, that's the resident brains here, apparently. <laughs> so, yeah. This, who are, this some, should who be are good. some big names that are coming to lift besides um, Steffi Cohen? Who is lifting uh, Marcus Leone, um, the you. fat fuck. Ian Daniel. Uh, <laughs> Ian Daniel. Uh, Kevin Oak is coming. Jamal Browner is coming. Um, we have an Australian, Jen Smith. Jen we Smith, yeah. with coming Who's that guy from the UK? Or oh, Tom, Tom Martin. Tom, Tom Martin. Tom Martin. Yeah, he just signed up. That's cool. Jeremy Avila just signed up. Um, Whoa. Jeremy Sorry. Yeah. 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 I'm oh sorry God. if I'm forgetting you. I know there's a lot of cool people. You guys are all very cool to us. Oh, uh, did, Tom Callis. Tom Callis oh, yeah. signed oh, Tom up. Callis. Jimbo yeah. Cooper, did he sign up from Australia? Not yet. Not yet but he said he was going to. Yeah. Cool. I'm Giving excited. away like 15K, I think, at least, yeah. prize money. Cool. I'm excited. Besides the showdown, so this year in 2020, we're planning two big meets. The second one is the Kratos. If you follow me, maybe you've heard me talk about it briefly or kind of post some teasers about it. This is going to be the biggest strength expo that the world has ever seen. We're bringing together Olympic weightlifting and powerlifting to one 45,000 square foot venue in the heart of Wynwood, Miami, the design district. And I'm super pumped about that because I feel like the iron sports community truly needs that. We need uh, an expo, something that's fun, that can unify the community as a whole, that can uh, be fun for spectators, but most importantly, that can be an amazing experience for athletes to mm -hmm. truly feel like the elite level, elite lifters that they are. And I, th I think what's cool about the event that we're going to throw is that while other uh, expos and stuff, they, they include strength sports, it's not really the focal point. And I, I mean, you can get into the controversy of whether or not you want to include bodybuilding as a strength sport. But, uh, you know, bodybuilding is usually the main show. If you go to the Olympia or you go to the Arnold, you know, it's bodybuilding, sometimes strongman a little bit at the Arnold. Mm -hmm. But what we really want to do is showcase pure strength as we see it. So we're starting with two very pure strength sports, powerlifting, both tested and untested and Olympic weightlifting. Mm -hmm. And making it available to everyone. Because, like, in the Arnold, to compete in one of those bigger stages, you have to qualify. Yeah, so this is open. On this, this is stage. open. We will have... How many spots? 60 for untested and 60 for tested for prime time mm -hmm. that will send out invitations and um, just take it as a first come, first serve basis. Whoever signs up first gets the spot. Um, we'll have a total of 570 lifters, right? Yep. Yep. Brains, correct. That's a Three, lot. two, one, five to carry the hate. Yes, correct. <laughs> Roughly there. 570 is 570. <laughs> <laughs> About 100 booths. Uh, DJ. Profession, the, the most professional stages you've ever seen, an athlete's lounge area, food, drinks, and just a good time, you know? The whole deal. whole deal, yeah. We're there to have a good time, and that's it. A silly goose time. That's so, it. No, I changed it. <laughs> yeah. I, I know Leo. I've gotten some questions from people. Do you guys have a date? For the Kratos? Yeah. June 28th. That weekend 27th of June. and 28th. Yeah, 27th and 28th, that yeah. weekend. Yeah. So, hey, can we officially talk about... Our most re recent competition acquisition, too. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Whoa, oh, you guys shit. are going to be yeah. the first people to now? find out. It's I official. guess it's official. Bring it to life. So Hybrid now has acquired rum, which for those of you who are from the younger generation is raw unity meat. And that used to be the sort of Super Bowl event in powerlifting before the U.S. Open and some of those other big international meets stepped in. 
Um, and we're going to revive it. So we were able to get in contact with all of the original creators of rum. We're going to try to involve them in some way. Not really sure how yet. Uh, but at some point, we will be bringing rum back uh, and hopefully making that the, the biggest uh, showcase for powerlifting. That ran, I think, what, eight or nine years? Nine, nine years. years. I did the last yeah, one. Yeah, me and Steffi yeah. did the I last one. I was there with you guys. You there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was where the girl, the f infamous girl, projectile vomited all over the front yeah. door. Oh, <laughs> and then, like, you were waiting wow. to deadlift. Yeah. You had to wait, like, 15 <laughs> really? minutes. Wait, like, the she hit the judge. She, she oh, dude, it was, was everywhere. You didn't see it? epic. It was just, like, a stream <laughs> All didn't over. she end up doing like a talk show PR tour off of that too? Dude, got, yeah, she, she got, got, she got, got so famous. Clout, <laughs> she, she got like more famous than you yeah. were at the time. She got like 15,000 followers off of that. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, that's pretty impressive. I've seen some vomits, but like they stop about oh. a few, you know, yeah, two dude, feet. It, it went. You got the five force, feet of vomit. That's the epic. force at which that left her body was astonishing. Yeah, I've never seen anything like it. And you know what? She owned it, which yeah. was, you know, that, yeah. that's a kind of an embarrassing thing, I think, for most people. She completed she the lift ran and everything. With it. She, like, reposted it a bunch of times. Yeah. She you know what like, I always it say? It made it on Tosh.0. I do anything for clout. <laughs> do anything for clout. I do anything for clout. Is that how the song goes? Issues. I don't know. It sounds I've sounds never right. heard that. I usually get the beats wrong. But the funny thing is that meat that was so huge was based in Port St. Lucie, or Lucy, however you say it, which Lucy. is like middle of <laughs> nowhere. Nobody says, nobody like, says there's Lucy. not even a close <laughs> airport to that. Like the, the lifters who had to who attended it for eight, nine years in a row would have to fly into either Orlando or Miami, drive about an hour and a half to get there. That's so. such a I random mean, location. Yeah. It's so very random. random. Just to give you guys an idea, I mean, we saw some of the best competitions like amongst lifters in that meet. Oh, oh, yeah. Jeremy Isn't Hamilton Jer versus Dan Green. Yeah. And Kevin Epic. Oak and like in... T. Cummings when T. Uh, Cummings was relevant. The good John Hack era. did it one year. Yeah, John yeah. Hack did it one Way year. Back. Yeah, I used to love watching those. And feats. we'll have to review all the rules and regulations. But initially, a raw unity meet started so that tested or tested powerlifters could compete with all untested. All the well, all because, them, because it all was an unsanctioned event, right? Even though right. it had rules at, regulations at the time, it was the only unsanctioned event. Where world records counted, right? Because they because had, of how strict the rules were, and they had national level judges or above judging, and yeah, that yeah. was one of the things uh, they were telling me is that they had you had to be at least a national level judge in your respective federation in order to be a judge at RUM, and then beyond that, they had to approve you as well. So, yeah. right. so anyway, we'll process. ideally we'll be giving people more information about it and ways to get involved and all of that good stuff. Exciting. Uh, what else? We got Black Friday coming up for hybrid apparel drop. Ooh, that's an exciting All one. you people been bugging us for these amazing <laughs> designs that we do. We always warn you, once they're gone, they're gone. Well, for one day only, they'll be back. <laughs> Which designs? Uh, should we tell them? No. Nah. Let's keep them guessing. Nah. But they're four. Four of your favorite designs. So the highest yeah. demand ones, the ones we've been asked, or people have been asking for reprints for months. So. Just once. Once they're just gone, just once, one day, twenty-four hours, real, they're midnight, gone. Midnight to midnight. Literally, even if they don't sell out, I'm just gonna take them off the website and just throw them away. You don't get them. You don't deserve them. You didn't get them in the twenty-four hours. I warned you. Get them in the twenty-four hours. Not going in the trash. I don't need them. That's right. Okay, so shop Black Friday at Hybrid Apparel, Hybrid Apparel store, the official sponsor of Hybrid Unlimited. <laughs> <laughs> My podcast sponsored by me. <laughs> Um, also, Ian Kaplan is sitting here on my right. 
Uh, we just finished writing a book together, and the book is called Back Under the Bar. We are finishing the last details, um, including the interior of the design of the book, uh, publishing, and all the legalities that surround that. So we're very excited about it, and and I think that we're going to end up talking about it on the podcast at some point. Yeah. To give we you more insight. I think we can anticipate it sometime next year. Yeah. Yeah. Super excited about it. And finally, where are we going to be next? We're going to be in New York, Hayden and I at least, in December yeah. for an event called uh, Strong New York at Solis. Mm -hmm. You'll be speaking to doctors about back pain, right? Huh? What are you going to be talking about at that event? Yeah, I'll be talking about back pain with Jordan, likely. Jordan okay, Shallow. cool. And then we're going to do some stuff with Don, men's health. Yep. Going to do the whole New York circuit while we're there. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be in Disney on Thanksgiving. Hate Disney. <laughs> Seriously, hate Disney. It's okay. It's cool. Who likes Disney here? I mean, you have to. Besides you. Like. Yeah. Do you, you like? You Disney? like the idea of Disney nah. at least. Nah. Why? Uh, the rides are pretty lame, to be honest. <laughs> it's not extreme enough for him. You need sharks, planes, he needs a ride. jumping. <laughs> too many narps. Did <laughs> <laughs> I say that on a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so before we go on, um, I wanted to take some time to do some personal intros, just so you have an idea of who our voice, whose voice is who, because there's six people in this room, and likely these six people are going to be kind of the core of the majority of these podcasts. So, I mean, I hope that you know who's talking to you right now, but if you don't know, I'm Steffi Cohen. <laughs> I'll be one of the hosts of the podcast. And that's it. That's me. You can look me up. <laughs> Google her. <laughs> Google. Google her. You got a wiki, wiki page yet? Huh? You got a wiki page yet? No. Damn, uh, that's, yet. that's the next level of success. You yeah, got a wiki page. You know you made it. I agree. Yeah, go ahead. To my well, left and then I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Okay. I'm, I'm going to be your co-host. I'm Hayden Bo. Hopefully you guys know me too. I'm a little less popular than Steffi, but <laughs> I think I'm pretty cool. Uh, you know, we're, you know, like Steffi said, we're going to be talking about everything from sports to science to what we're doing, gossip, all that good stuff. So, uh, get used to hearing my voice and Steffi's and, uh, yeah, look me up, look me up online if you don't know who I am. Well, I'm the co-co-host. I'm the co-host to the co-host. <laughs> if you don't know who I am, that's just crazy. As everyone knows, I'm full-time for hybrid, strictly being Steffi's hype man. You know, the hype has kind of been on the back. Oh, you know, I make the big bucks just saying, let's go. It's, 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 it's insane. Um, that's all I do. Literally nothing else. I went to college for hypomania, uh, as a matter of fact. Um, so if you don't know me, you'll hear me yelling in the background of our videos. You'll hear me yelling at these gentlemen in the room when they start getting a little too I, boring. I think you just like to yell. That's what you're trying to tell uh, We're getting too sciencey. I'll make sure to excite things up a little bit, add some hype, add some this, add some that. Um, all right, yeah, thanks. Yeah. No, but seriously, Alex is our director of operations. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do real work, guys. Slash general manager slash hybrid savior. He helps us out with pretty much everything and anything that we need and uh, have been, has been kind of like our right-hand man. Yeah. Pretty much anything that uh, Hybrid does, Alex has a hand in it. Yeah. So yeah. You can thank him for, all, for <laughs> a lot of the good stuff that comes out of here. Yeah. Who's next? All right. I'll introduce myself. Uh, my name's Marcus. I don't know if you guys see me in backgrounds of lifting videos, but I've kind of been with the Hybrid crew for the last three years or so trying to get strong. They were my 
original buddies in the powerlifting world, and we kind of spent the last three years getting strong together. So I don't officially work here, but I am the resident real estate broker. <laughs> Some people call me the big business guy. As you heard earlier, it's because I'm a large man. <laughs> Who does and, business. And you just do big business deals. You don't I do, do big business, business deals. deals. Come on, I come dude. in, lift Only big weights, big. do big business deals, and I have a dog. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. Thank you for no, your thank services you for your time. provided to us. You're welcome. And to to everyone in this room except you, who I haven't worked with yet. At some point, he'll find you a house, too. Don't All worry. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Wait, his mom's a real estate agent. Yeah. You're going to have to fight his mom, dude. I'll fight your mom. <laughs> I heard she's a very nice lady, but yeah. I'll fight her for a deal. Yeah, go ahead. All right. My name is Ian. Uh, don't look me up because you probably won't find anything. Um, <laughs> Yet. The yeah. clout is building, yeah, my the, friend. The clout is coming. <laughs> when the book comes out, you'll find something. You'll find the book. But, <laughs> but um, um, relatively new here, probably in the past four or five months. Um, I do a lot of things with education and a lot of kind of um, different things here and there. We're kind of building out some some different kind of parts of the business and giving it more structure yeah, yeah, yeah um i mean you guys can speak to what i do here but it's also kind of i might be considered the uh resident strongman as well as the um the doctor you know this is a house of learned doctors right this is i'm the second doctor on well to be i'll graduate in uh april to make this more of a house of learned uh, doctors and such. <laughs> there you go. Mm -hmm. He's the resident brain. Thank you, Dr. Kaplan. Thank yeah, you and I, that will be always addressed. I'm, I'm exactly not a doctor right now because I haven't graduated yet, so you can't call me doctor. No, oh, gonna do I can anyway. do whatever <laughs> I want. Can I call you doc? <laughs> but, but hey, what about Dr. Deadlift? Dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. That's definitely not legal. What about Dr. To Dre? At what point does it be... How famous do you have to be you know what? to become legal? <laughs> I think he's got an honorary PhD. Yeah, yeah. Who? I'm pretty sure he does. Come on. Dr. Dre? I'm pretty sure he does. You what? You got enough money. I don't you fucking know. Bribe when you get an honorary PhD, he's only the university that gives you the PhD calls you doctor. That's it. Question, question, question. Details, details, my friend. Of life, brother, the University of the Streets. I think he got his PhD from the streets. Okay, yeah. look, dude, 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 listen up. Who's going to get in trouble if I call someone a doctor? Like if I say something. Well, you just know if you refer to yourself as doctor, what you about don't Louis have to. Oh, okay, so we What's can up, call you. Yeah, so you we can, can yeah, call yeah, him you doctor. Can, you can call me whatever you want. Exactly, so but don't tell us what to do. When I do have who I can call and who I cannot call a doctor, am I right? When I do have... Amen, sister. Yeah. But the point was, when that day comes, Ian, I will be exclusively. Ian, it doesn't matter. You're a doctor now to <laughs> us in our hearts, okay? You're Ian two, not Ian one. No, he's, he's Ian number one. Cap. He's Cap. Ian number one. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Introduce yourself. The Rhino. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> that's what they call me. Uh, there'll probably have to be some sort of battle in the future as to who gets to rightfully hold that nickname. I feel like it's the same as Doctor. Can you call yourself Rhino? Ooh. Did you call wrong? yourself the well, Rhino? No, you didn't no. give yourself you, that nickname. I, no, yeah, yeah. You I, can't call yourself. He was given that nickname. Right. Yeah. How'd so, you get the nickname? Yeah, so um, I used to do some Bro, CrossFit. speed up your speech. Yeah, I was going to say, we got any <laughs> few stories, dude? We got, you know, I used to do CrossFit, story. and uh, I was training with um, some people and a guy named Rich Froning. And uh, we were running, and I'm not the best at running, 
But um, apparently I looked real big, real sweaty at the time, uh, pretty, pretty jacked. And uh, apparently I appeared to be resembling a rhino at the time. According I can to see Rich. that. I can see that. And uh, yeah, it just kind of stuck from there. Did you say that was uh, Rich Piana? <laughs> no, no, no. He looks like a rhino. <laughs> yeah, he's dead. Um, <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. went out for him. But I've been with Hybrid for two out. years. and uh, Longer than two years, bro. Maybe a little longer than two yeah, years. Man. And uh, write nutrition um, for one-on-one clients. And I write training programs for Hybrid Wad and Squat Protocol. Very nice. And I pick some things up and put them down in my spare time. Mm-hmm. You know what that is? Copyright infringement. No, wait, this song doesn't have copyright infringement, huh? That's why I saw He's also dead. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Respect. <laughs> All right, that's enough of that. What's that called? Like the eight-hour really workout track? Yeah. 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 eight-hour arm workout. That was the soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Juji and uh, Anton, didn't they just do that recently? Hey, isn't they that what we played for musical chairs? That doesn't yeah. seem <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot. That's one of my titles here, resident musical chairs champion. So if anybody wants to come and, and challenge uh, me, you also tetherball, tetherball, tetherball champion. Wow. Obscure child sports. You're the master. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to take it down, sure, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm really good at those things. Congratulations. Thank you. Okay. It's the first time you've ever said that. <laughs> so yeah, let's talk a little bit about, like Hayden said. Uh, we want to give you guys an idea of who we are, how we got here, how hybrid started, and all that good stuff. So let's talk about that. So we started hybrid, what, about four years ago? Yep. Yeah. Four years? Yeah, Beginning four years. right? Yeah. So it's coming up on four years. Yeah, coming up on four years. Yeah, 2016. Right around the same time when I met Hayden. We were doing powerlifting and Olympic weightlifting, and people kept, at the same time, and people kept asking us how we're doing both. And it got to the point where people kept asking us and we didn't have anything to refer them to. So eventually we we're like, there's a need for this. Let's start a program. We started, uh, we tried to get, remember we were talking and we were like, let's see if we can get 10, 15 people to test this program out. We had the software built. We put in the program. Well, we decided to go all in. At that time, there, yeah, were, yeah. there were different softwares that we could have used to input our training and sell it through that software. But Yeah, but they we, wanted like 30% yeah. of revenue that you made. So we're like, eh, let's just put up the initial investment, make it ours, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, we got, we put it out on social media. We didn't even have big followings or anything at the no. time. I think I had like 3,000 followers. Yeah. Yeah, he had way more clout. I had more, yeah. No, I, I thought, remember when I you thought started dating him, like, damn, Steph, you're dating a celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> I had like 10K followers yeah. or Yo, something. Yo, I thought you were famous. Yeah, good job. Yeah. yeah. Hey, that was good. That was decent for back then. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then we got 400 people apply to, to join the program, and we're like, mm-hmm. oh, we should really dive into this. So since then, we just... Worked on uh, building new programs. Every time somebody asks for, a, or enough people ask for a different program, we add it. We hire a coach who's experienced in that particular space. And the training side grew to what it is. We started nutrition. Got about 1,200 members on the nutrition side now. Opened a gym. Got the apparel line. We got it all. We, we're, we're, we're into events now. Mm-hmm. Supplements, question mark. Yeah. Just trying so, to... The blog. The blog, we're writing. Yeah, we got our hands in, in everything. We're trying to be the one-stop shop for everything fitness. 
Yeah, but let's talk a little bit more about like when we started. When? Yeah. When you guys started, I feel like the tra- uh, the training. Like more world story, was more story. Much less congested than it is now. Absolutely. You, know, you guys got in at a good time, and we were able to lay a foundation when there wasn't so much BS everywhere. Yeah, it was like the beginning of of the online coaching era. Yeah. <clears throat> And yeah. powerlifting just slowly on the uprise. Yeah, yeah, I think the trend tracking with powerlifting is is a big story too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I also think we were able to differentiate ourselves by taking a more professional approach. You know, yeah. we didn't just present ourselves as Hayden DM. and Steffi programming at gmail dot com <laughs> or like DM us for for pro for whatever. Because it all started. It all starts with building a brand, right? Building yeah. a brand and having a story. And uh, just building that reputation, the reputation of being professional and all that good stuff. And, and choosing a brand name that represented what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. That's why it was hybrid. It was the combination of all the different sort of sports and athletics and, and th- ideas that we had. Mm-hmm. So instead of having to say, oh, we're Steffi and Hayden and this is our concept, people just know hybrid and automatically knew kind of what we were talking about. So mm-hmm. it was definitely helpful in that regard, too. Yeah. And what... um. Because you owned a business prior to that, so it, it it was it was super helpful when we first started hybrid to have you because of all the experience that you had and all the things that you had learned along the way. Like one of the things that I feel like helped the most was um, how much emphasis we had on networking and traveling and meeting meeting people who were influential in the in the industry and just showing our face and and kind of like letting them endorse us and our products, I think was a huge help, especially in the initial stages. Yeah. I think everybody says that networking is everything, but then what does that even mean? You know, where do you start for us? That was just literally making it impossible for people to not notice us. Mm -hmm. So we were, we forced ourselves upon the fitness community. We went flew wherever we had to fly to get in front of people that we, mm-hmm. you know, wanted to align ourselves with. And, uh, you know, we ended up on all these different people's channels and podcasts and YouTube and all that good stuff. And that was a huge catalyst to what, growth. What, what went into the decision as to who you wanted to align yourselves with or position yourselves alongside or learn from or Pe- uh, people who, whose businesses or ideas that, uh, we agreed with and people are respectable because I mean mm, anyone yeah. can try to network yeah. or get out like, there, but it, you know you have to have a certain level of professionalism and and right. accolades, achievements, yeah. right? And sometimes you have to filter like who you associate with because that person could also reflect poorly on you. Yeah, right? you have to a big following. Yeah, you have to be careful who you associate yourself with yeah. because you don't want if it's <clears> someone who's done something bad, then that obviously will reflect poorly on you as well because essentially you'll be endorsing them, they will be endorsing you, but it's not necessarily yeah. for the better. Yeah, I think those decisions early on make a huge impact. Mm -hmm. People don't understand that, and they associate themselves with brands that don't have a lot of uh, efficacy or... just don't share your values, right? Exactly, and and you're sort of diluting your brand and and the the power that you have in your endorsements. So, yeah, that's definitely a huge thing. So drawing on your experience before, is there anything you guys avoided, like year one, the first 365 days of business... Is there anything you learned from WAG or anything in the past that you were able to avoid when you started hybrid? Just organization and systems for the most part. I think the the thing that we struggled the most with at my other business was uh, the growth of it was so fast and I had never run a business before. So it was like if someone quit the program, 
It was like, how do we kick these people out of the Facebook group? Or how do we, you know, just little, little simple things that we were able to build into the software in the new, in, with the new program. So I think that once we, and that I think we did great. Like we had a lot of systems in place to take care of our customers, of our clients, but mm. we didn't have systems in place to deal with employees, which is something that we're dealing with now, mm. um, which totally was neglected, right? Mainly because we've employed a lot of our good friends, kind of like on a handshake agreement. Uh, but I think that's also a super important uh, portion. Like any time that you bring anyone in to work with you, I think it should all be through a formal agreement. There should be written rules, code of conducts, expectations, uh, termination, co contract termination, terms, all of those mm -hmm. things. Even I think it's like a difficult thing to talk about with anyone, but especially with your friends, just because you don't want to think of worst case scenarios. But I think it's necessary as well. Yeah, that's why you have to have good lawyers and good people advising yeah. you because there's no situation doing business with your friends or family. And I've seen right. this my whole life with the businesses my family's involved in mm -hmm. where you don't need that agreement in place because I had, a, I had a, a, an attorney once tell me, it was just like this light bulb moment in my head. It's not about things going good right now, but it's about the moment where things are not going good and you mm -hmm. guys are at each other's throats and there's no formalized agreement in place to outline the rules, regulations, bylaws, everything that run yeah. a business. And I think that it's so easy for that to happen in the fitness industry too because most people start their their careers in the fitness industry as passion projects. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, let's try out this thing and see if we can make a couple bucks and then it grows into this this much larger thing and then they don't have systems in place and that's, mm -hmm. that's yeah. obviously an issue, like you said. It's like, how do you tame the beast once the beast is out? Yeah, yeah. and I think you guys are or this business in general is at additional levels. Like not only is it no longer a passion project, it it's it's grown beyond just comfortably supporting, you know, everyone and their friends. And now it's like we have the opportunity to build a an organization that has sustained value and and embedded growth, right? Mm -hmm. And so even those the those kind of systems that scale will last beyond the employment uh, lifetime of of the friend who works there because they might grow and move move somewhere else. Well, like when you replace them with another employee, right? Those types of systems need to be in place to keep the the organization growing at the pace that it can grow and kind of achieve its its potential size, which is much bigger than most businesses in in fitness, which are usually just by whatever one person's sure, yeah. co coaching from clients. A, from a, from an outside point of view, and I only say outside because you're the newest one in the team, yeah. what do you think, and, and I mean, if you don't come up with anything, the question's for everyone here, mm. what do you think separates us from from other competitors in the industry? Um, I think a clear selling proposition, right? It's clear what the brand is. It's clear who the, who the market is. It's clear what the product is. And there's multiple related products, but it makes sense for the for the the fitness consumer, of which there are a lot, and 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 this business is capable of reaching those people very efficiently, and and developing those kind of this relationship through what what mostly is through Instagram, but is through other mediums now like YouTube and getting into other kind of avenues of communication, but but it makes it seem the brand is, is easily connects with people. And then there's something very clear, clearly that's kind of valuable to them. 
and right there's many more people in training than nutrition just because of the price differential but there's a lot of people in nutrition as well and nutrition's uh yeah. much newer yeah mm-hmm. yeah so but the my mm-hmm. point is there is something for multiple price points and and i do think we over deliver on that on on that kind of initial value proposition for for what is that exchange that's, of value that's something that you've been huge on over yeah. always over delivering making sure to be constantly finding ways to provide more and more value to the people who support you instead of, you know, charging a whatever minimum price, yeah. but which is like they would expect the minimum in return. But then it's a surprise that they get access to all the things that the software is capable of doing, the community aspect, the customer service, which we put a lot of attention towards in time. Yeah. Education, free think, education. I think you guys have seen it. It's like people come in here from other parts of the world. And they already feel like they have a relationship with you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and they feel like they have a relationship with the brand in general. Right. So the buying decision becomes very easy, even if it's just a T-shirt. Right. And they feel connected to the brand via the T-shirt and they feel connected, you know, in the group and and through their engagement in the content, even just being whatever we would do with a little bit of education. They they get some sort of kind of enduring value out of it and. Not a lot of businesses can continue deliver, to deliver that value starting at free and kind of working their way up to, to higher, let's, you, know, you know, pricing structures, right? And let's talk about also the opposite end of the spectrum. You know, people, I think that one of the biggest issues in the fitness industry is people being disingenuous, you know, trying, because look, Selling something on the basis of truth, facts, and evidence is hard because it's not sexy. So I think we're, we see it a lot in the fitness industry where people just look for the kind of like the easy way to sell something uh, at the expense of, you know, people's people not being educated on the topic and just kind of like jumping to whatever they're offering. Yeah. Well, I think that, that goes to a more fundamental problem of people not valuing their own credibility, right? And there's multiple components to that. It's like you got to wear it to share it, so you got to, like, live the life. And, you know, that's generally not a problem in fitness, but it's also about, right, this honest kind of discussion of what you know versus what you don't know, mm-hmm. right? And just they're looking for the next thing they learned yesterday to sell it today, right, which is a huge problem in the industry, right? And then you end up, and then you end up taking these shortcuts, which are very clear, after that initial transaction to the consumer that you've made that shortcut, right? When they get that, that, that individualized program, that's clearly just a template. They're like, I'm not paying that guy $40 again. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause there's no way you can offer an individualized program at $40, but the customer doesn't know that they're competing on price mm-hmm. and they get a product that they're un- underwhelmed with and they never engage with that person again. But the person is, is like, fine. I have a million followers. I can just take some money from the next person. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's just a race to the bottom yeah, yeah. at that point. Yeah. yeah. And then everyone's competing on prices, commoditized and now the industry suffers, right? Because there's lower consumer value in the industry. Yeah. Bottom line, Create a relationship with your customers or at least make an effort to for them to feel noticed if you're operating at, operating at a larger scale. Find time to network with other people in the industry that you al- that you have uh, similar values and interests with. What else? Um, Always over-deliver. I think people need to understand their roles as well. That's a huge one, you know? Like if, you're, uh, if your passion is powerlifting but you're a uh, 250 pound dude who squats 300 pounds you're not going to be the face of the company 
Mm-hmm. Even if you're a pretty strong dude, there's so many of them out there. Mm-hmm. It's like you need to understand. You know, that's why my role is not being the the the, the face or the the person who's out there uh, in the spotlight. That's you, you know. So. I think that's hard for a lot of people to, to wrap their ego around that and, and play to their strengths and they want to kind of force things that aren't there. So I think that's a big thing too. Are you mm-hmm. saying you're 250 pounds and only squat 300 pounds? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm a little stronger than that. You were a little stronger than that, dude. Yeah, that's crazy. Give yourself some credit, man. Give yeah. yourself some credit. Google me. Google me. Yeah. Anyway, you started briefly alluding to what our future plans were going to be. I had that planned for the for the last kind of portion of these this topic. So we're just working on developing more events, creating some sort of education curriculum, uh, getting into the supplements industry. Yeah. Opening us, opening a second gym. Second gym, the, expanding the the apparel business. Expanding the apparel business. A, right now, we're running it out of Hybrid HQ here. Yeah. But uh, it's grown. It's teaching grown seminars. Too much, so. Teaching seminars. Yeah, uh, seminars, all that mm-hmm. good stuff. Yeah. So yeah, very excited to to continue to grow Hybrid and and uh, for you know the opportunity to ha- I've been able to merge my interests with and turn it into a career essentially so anyway so part time for our part three of this podcast which is uh, <laughs> lifting gossip with hybrid unlimited Ooh. what do we have for this week <laughs> uh i think this week we ought to talk about slingshot record breakers that's uh there's been a lot of controversy uh, about judging standards, lifts that were passed, uh, things like that. So I think it's a good topic to talk on. I also think it's important that we present our biases. Mm-hmm. We are friends with Mark Bell and the people who run Slingshot, who are the main sponsor of the event. We're also good friends with Jesse, who threw the event. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind. Uh, we're not going to jump down their throats on anything, but we're still going to be honest about our opinions. Mm-hmm. Uh, about the the event itself. So. By the way, stellar performance by Killer Willem that weekend. Damn. So, well, let's talk about that. That right was controversial. That, that right? was controversial. <laughs> Highest total ever in sleeves at two. What do you compete at? Two twenty. Two twenty. Only weighing in like two fifteen. What, what was his total? Twenty. Twenty one fifty ish. Something like that. that. Wow. And then yeah. heaviest deadlift. Ever at 220 as well. It's like a 953 deadlift. Yeah. yeah. Which was just, so, but that was only a chip on his original record. He held the record and he just chipped it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Was that it was, it was, I thought it was 930 something before. No. Belt less too. It. it was, he, yeah. he, it was a oh, second yeah. attempt yeah. and he had intended to go like 970, 980. What did, but he wasn't Are we more impressed with things when they're done beltless? Is that a thing? Yeah. It's like I feel like if you choose well, to compete beltless, so really, it's probably because that's to your advantage. No right. one's doing that because yeah. it's not helping them. So he's really competing with Yuri at this point for like the heaviest, not only sumo deadlift of all time, but the heaviest beltless sumo deadlift of all time to get really right. technical. You know what? Uh, <laughs> oh, it's beltless sumo deadlift. I mean, well, so Yuri Belkin deadlifted was 970 pounds. Was yeah, 440 one of those funky kilos. Russian plates. Beltless, kind of a controversial lift, but very clean. So what's controversial about Kaler? Kaler, so people were saying there was contention in in what the actual rule means. So Kaler successfully deadlifted the bar, held on, locked it out properly, all that, everything that you're supposed to do to deadlift. But when he went to pull the bar off the ground, he pulled up Mm -hmm. and then he, his body went back down before he pulled up again. And 
the language in different federations changes, but basically people, you know, if there's downward motion in a lift, it's supposed to be a no lift. But people were saying, did the lift technically start because the the bar, the all of the weights hadn't left the ground yet. And I actually saw Kaler made a, a review on on his Instagram about the lift that I thought was really interesting. Uh, and what he said was when those rules were made that deadlift bars didn't exist. So it was literally impossible for a bar to have that kind of whip that you would yank on it and it would move like that before the bar would leave the ground. So there's kind of like two different parts here. One, should it be a legal lift, period, based on the existing rules? And two, should those rules be amended because the equipment has changed? So... If we're talking SPF rule book versus, like, for example, USPA, right? Because a lot of people were going back to the USPA rule book being one of the biggest, you know, federations and using a deadlift bar. And the most legit in USPA most people's eyes. updates their rule book yearly. They have meetings after every nationals, and they update rule books. So I'm on the US. I haven't filled you guys in on this. I'm on the USPA judges page, and there was a thread of like 150 comments of all the judges talking about it. About Kaler's lift. Kaler's specific lift, including like the higher ups in like the in the national office, and it was like it was literally a split of 50 50. Half yeah. of even the higher ups saying it shouldn't have counted, and some of the higher ups saying it's completely a fine lift. So it's like there's different ways to interpret the rules, like as far as like uh, um, you know a bona fide attempt, right? So let's say someone goes up to a bar and they go to deadlift it, and they're getting the slack out of the bar, and their eyes are rolling in the back of their head. It doesn't break the floor, but they're not fucking strong enough to lift it. Right, that's an attempt. Right? It's yeah. an attempt. The, the plates sure. didn't leave the floor. Should they still have the rest of their clock to then stand up, sniff some more ammonia, and go attempt it again? No, it was a bona fide attempt. That was clearly him not just, you know, kind of pulling the slack out yeah, of the so bar. Yeah, so it's intention. But intention. Question, intention. Though, Did he intend to what's pull? What's the downside to giving people a full minute? Who cares? Like, why, why can't someone do that? Knock yourself out. Try to pull it off the ground ten times right. in your one minute. Yeah, right. Like, why don't... Do you just make that the rule? I mean, there's a side that I've seen his his deadlifts in person and on the internet. He's got a very aggressive start, right? Yeah, so I've I could, seen I, that. I can understand yeah. him catching a little bit of whip off the ground, but I'm gonna I'm gonna offer a very non rule book opinion here, just based on seeing how impressive that dude is lifting. Is that he deadlifted 953 pounds, and we can question that micro movement at the beginning. He pulled it. He locked it out. I thought the lift was clean as soon as that part was done. So, yeah, you can debate that all day long. That, but the lift itself, to me, was so impressive. I would have given it white lights. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Here's, here's my problem with that. So now here we could talk from a federation standpoint is that when you're judging, which I've judged countless meets, you have to make a s split moment decision. You don't have right. time to rewind, watch, think about it. And yeah, it's not the NFL. when you're taught to be a judge in like the federations that I have trained to be a judge in if you're uncertain you vote in the lifter's favor okay that's the, yeah. a written red. rule if you're not sure which way to go you don't want to be an asshole just give a red if you're uncertain about it that's cool now my beef with this meet record breakers versus uh, a meet like for example the u.s open two or three years ago is that different federations have different standards spf you don't have to have any kind of formal training or even read one page of the fucking rule book to be a judge so for that federation. What's, what's their – do they have a definitive 
definition in the rule book that says what squat depth is? What's the standard for it's, that? Yeah, it's, all, uh, all federations do have that standard, right, and it's hip crease, crease, hip below, crease below the top, top of the, of the knee. knee. Right? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you don't have a trained eye... How the hell do you know what that looks like? So, you're not like you're not. Yeah. You, you don't have to study a rule book like I when I was a judge for USPA. You have to read a very extensive rule book, answer a hundred page question, and perform X amount of practical hours next to uh, a higher ranking judge before you get your own polo. You have to go through a process to understand what to look for. Some of these federations, like the whatever Record Breakers is, there is no process for that. Uh, freaking uh, your dog can go be a judge if you wanted to. <laughs> there's, there's no kind of standard or credential, which I think is an issue. Now, granted, w what is the standard of training? You know, like what determines if you're ready, this, that, yeah. the other? Maybe there isn't, but I feel like there should be some kind of internship, some kind of mentorship where you learn and you 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 know you go through this process instead of just literally Especially going blind into a chair at stake. and holding up a red or a white yeah you know yeah, that yeah, that's yeah. my beef with that not even that meat but just that specific federation you shouldn't you know? be able to just pull someone out of the crowd nope. and they're all of a sudden they're a judge whether they're famous or not because if there's world records in contention if there's legit if there's a question of legitimacy amongst X Y and Z then maybe the guy that did hit a clean lift is going to be overshadowed by that big question mark hanging over the whole event because they're going to say oh the judging standards there were trash sure. but and some of them I think like some some of those are obvious like the squat debate that's that's a squat by definition. You have to hit par below parallel and come back up. That's what a squat is. Whereas, like, with the whole deadlift, even the downward motion rule in general, are we just being weenies who care way too much about <laughs> what the definition of the rule is? Like, who cares yeah. if the bar goes down? I don't even care if a guy pulls the deadlift up and then it goes down below his knee again and he pulls it up again. Why is that not a right. lift? Right. You know, He's like, who even cares? It. Right. I mean, but, I've done that before with very heavy weights, I'll, I'll and tell it's, you, it's tough. I'll tell you one thing that's difficult as far as like being a judge is, you know, people do freaking crucify judges who give a white light when a squat is high that you see in the video. But when you're actually in that chair trying to watch a squat above 600 pounds, most federations, once a squat is above 600 pounds, they require two side spotters on each side. So you have yeah. fucking four arms <laughs> like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You're trying to oh, yeah. see through and you're trying to see his hip crease and his knee. And it's very difficult. A lot of the time, and that's where, again, the voting in the lifter's favor. If there was a complete obstruction when I was trained, they're like, if you did not see his hip crease at all, you have to give a white. Uh -huh. Yeah, but I mean, there's other federations, there's other events like Boss of Bosses is run impeccably every year, right? And their judging standards there are strict they're also fair and it's an event where you walk away from it and if somebody hits a world record it's legit but you know you what wrpf which is what boss of bosses has been sanctioned under for the last little while does actually require you to pass an albeit easy test but it's a test to prove to prove that you have the qualification to judge a squat bench so and doesn't it come down to the individual like the organizer book. of an event yeah. like i think dan green holds his event to such a high standard that he doesn't allow bullshit calls to happen but that's the problem right is sure the people who are holding the, the the lifts to the highest standard it doesn't matter if we run an spf meet or wrpf meet or a usapl meet we're going to have the same standards at every meet yeah. but you you can get somebody you know from wherever bumfuck nowhere throws their own meat because they want to break a world record they squat four inches high 
And, oh, we've seen it. You know, it, big it happens. I think it one hundred percent comes down to literally what you said. It's the it's the meet director, the person holding the event, upholding a standard. Everything down to like I said, the, the obstruction from having spotters teaching your spotters the correct way to spot so their arms aren't in the way. And even look, USAPL after this year's nationals, how many people were freaking crying because all kinds of squats are call, called. It was it was crazy. So many people almost bombed out. That's USAPL, right? One of my lifters just competed in USAPL last weekend, and I, Brandon, who was handling him, was sending me videos in real time, and I'm like, wait, what? They didn't call his squat? That should have been reds. Like, mm -hmm. And in USAPL, the standard that's supposed to be the gold standard. But again, it's not nationals. It was a different local level meet held by a different meet director, and maybe his judges and his standards aren't as high as others. So it's something that's it's impossible. It's never going to have a clear line. You know, but obviously, if something's not, you know, well above the line, then it's it's, it's going to be controversial. Yeah, but stuff that's that obvious, like it puts up a red flag in everybody's mind. Because listen, I'll be I'll be honest. I did that meet. What was it two years ago? We Record went out breakers? there. Yeah. I don't think any you of my squats. I, should, I told I you. I told you. And then I you almost bombed out in a meet a couple a couple months later. Yeah. Yeah. I should. Yeah. None of those squats should have been called. It honestly took me years to figure out how to squat and wraps properly. Yeah. And but once you do it, you just you figure out how to do it. You do it properly, and then you're you're, you're not questioned after that. I, I think the real problem comes when we're talking about world records being broken. Because you want to go get first place at the bikini bottom open in the SpongeBob SquarePants <laughs> division. No one I cares. Don't, I don't care. Yeah. You know, <laughs> squat five inches high, whatever. But when you're talking about world records, I think what uh, IPF has done that is actually really good that other federations that want to be treated Can't as legitimate world record unless should do yeah, yeah. You, you need to do it in a particular meet that requires yeah. a particular level of judge mm -hmm. judging USPA so, does it also for their own federation's world records sure but it's like how but, can we make that for all times yeah. but it should be it 100 should, should be i agree and then the the other issue uh with what you're saying and i think the only way that we're going to avoid things like squat depth issues or you know any sort of like fringe downward motion sort of stuff is uh taking the approach that olympic weightlifting has where they have the panel oh mm -hmm. that's cool yeah yeah, yeah. so you, i think you need instant replay and you need a panel and well, the ipf does have that they have the panel. oh yeah you right. have to but here's the fucked up thing you have to pay come on if you, if you want to say that your call was bad or whatever it is to have them review they i don't know the exact amount you have to pay something like 50 euros or something like that yep. to have your call Come reviewed. On. Like right, there, so you, right there on the spot. If they overturn it, you only have it yeah. cash? I don't know if you get it back if you overturn it. You I don't should. know if you get it back yeah, or That's not for if IPF? they overturn it. This is for IPF. At uh, USAW, yeah. I think you get like, you get a certain number. Is it IPF, two? you also get a certain number. I think huh? it's like I'm not two sure. or three. I'm not sure. But you have to pay. That's yeah. crazy. Wow, that's crazy. That's wild. I've never Or someone needs to invent some sort of implement that... Um, you put on your hip and on the top of your knee and like the, it goes like a red light or a white light. If, if the sensors go past each uh, other, you'll get some that's easy to type do. character will hack yeah, it. Yeah, it is, right? That's super easy to do. There you go. Ian, million dollar idea. Uh, it's a niche market. idea in the powerlifting world. Yeah. Yeah, there's no such thing. I guess there are such things. Uh, no. Is there other other controversies from that meet? Dude, Dude everything down to honestly, I wish that I went and did bench only at that meet because I could have done touch and go and bench 800 pounds. But then also, what is it? we talked about this also? What is the standard? Like right. technically, if you're if the bar goes down and back up, it did stop at some point, right? right. How long does it, it need to stop? Does it need to be a stopping. one two? Because then God, <laughs> then the, the, the judge should have to hold a timer right there. 
one pull up. You because know what yeah. I mean? How, like, can, how can you argue that rule when the rule is that it just has to come to a complete stop? Right. It always comes to a complete it stop. It has to. Right. You can't change direction. But it's up to the person it. telling you to stop it's it, true. and then they, it's, you have to start again. Right. Sure. Well, they, but they don't tell you to stop. They just say press. So it's totally the discretion of the stop! judge. Yeah. All right, now you go. Well, you know what I'm saying? They tell Let's you when go. to start again. Yeah. So it's, Speaking it of, Julius Maddox today... Well, we talk about Boston bosses. I thought that was that was a controversial lift for everybody in, yeah. in yeah. the right it, hand. But yeah. he's probably right now competing, trying to attempt uh, either 750 or 771 pound bench press. <laughs> 350 kilos. Bro. That's, that's too, too much. much. Yeah, it's a little, little that lift was pretty pounds. controversial. Boston bosses. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, what was it that he didn't lock? The, the argument was that he didn't fully lock it out. But no, then, that he, yeah, and that he then gave his him the arc- rack command, but then he gave out. Yeah. yeah. After, After they the gave him command. the rack command, his right arm gave out. Yeah. Huh. And then the judges, uh, the spotters, like, mishandled. Yeah. Get if you do the internet, it's so brutal because then one of the spotters got freaking crucified because when when he did it, he starts jumping up and down. He's like, yeah! And it looked like he like completely like belly bumped oh, the bar. fuck. Yeah. No, so really? everyone, I didn't hear that's about why, that. That's why people think that because the side, uh, the spotter was here, he, he jumped, and then the bar uh, starts going this way. Whoa. So it's controversial that the, the spotter might have hit it. there on the video. And also the spotter was jumping up and down and didn't help him guide it into the rack when he got the rack in there. Those guys have to stay uh, super professional yeah. then because when you yeah. put that much weight above his head, it could kill him. Yeah. It's a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I want to see if he does it today. That'll be an epic feat. I think this is a good gossip section. We can move on. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> Damn, there's a lot. There's a lot, but all right. Yeah. We, we, but, we have more podcasts, more gossip. One quick we'll note about that uh, that sensor idea is like, does powerlifting even want that? Because you'd have that in baseball, right? And no, and nobody wants to give the umpire the the ball or strike call, right? Everybody knows whether it's a ball or strike, except the umpire still can make the errors of whether it's a ball or strike. Why do they, Why are there still umpires? <laughs> because, because because baseball doesn't want to change how umpires call balls and strikes by giving them the umpire strikes back is what I always say <laughs> they're like they're like it's part of the the error is part of the game there's a slight advantage to being the home team I don't know oh. tradition yeah yeah tradition right yeah, it ruins baseball do? if you know it's a ball or a strike it ruins baseball somehow but it tells you, you you're out of here if you, but get if you know does anybody know what they do do they but, do anything what do you mean the umpire the umpires call balls and strikes the one behind home plate why does. do you need somebody to do it what? honestly <laughs> <laughs> Why do you need somebody to do because that? Because they were there before you had the, the ball ridiculous. tracking technology. But the idea is if you put uh, that in powerlifting, do people actually want a judge so to call? Dude, I'm getting contact. bored talking about baseball. Can we move on? <laughs> yeah, we don't, we, don't, we don't follow baseball here. We're going to get for our next podcast, we're going to get an alarm. It's <laughs> yeah. called a shot someone, up alarm. If someone starts talking for too long, that's Ian just one, you. Ian two. We're just going to go, move it on. No, you're the shut up alarm. No, you are the shut up alarm. You I just say tell shut people up? to shut up. No, no, I want anyone to be able to have that yeah. power. Yeah, you, you know? and I, we don't care. We're going to be able to, what if, if it was like a secret in your hand? You know, like Ooh, nobody knows. Oh, I like that. So like, no one knows who pressed someone it? Someone might be shy. Hayden's too nice to tell yeah. someone to shut up. But if, <laughs> if no one knows that Hayden's saying shut the hell up, you'll tell them to shut the hell up. We just have buttons in our hand. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so. So then the other thing we're going to do at the end of the at the end of the podcast we'll discuss one Florida man story. So I looked I looked because one Because we're in because Florida. Because we're in Florida, yeah, for you guys. Some, oh, you, you have one? Actually, yeah. that's Caesar's job, yeah. Yeah. You find and a crazy good one? shit happens in Florida all the time. So this Caesar's only ever. jobs. People think that Caesar does videos. <laughs> no, he just only responsibility Florida is man Florida research. man story. That's it. Mm. It's a sweet gig. Huh? So, Florida man steals a golf cart and leads cops on a chase. Yes. Yo, what are the... Yeah, what are the, the story. Florida what? man what? 
It was in the express lane on 95. Yeah. It, some woman so, who was crazy. Can you repeat that? Crazy. Yeah, so Florida man steals a golf cart, leads cops on chase, and retains Florida man's certificate for another year. Wait, wasn't it a woman? You need to repeat the story man? so people can hear it. Yo, what kind of <laughs> golf cart was this? Oh, Florida oh, man wait, steals Caesar's a Caesar's not mic'd up. Caesar's no. not mic'd up. No. That's all I'm saying. Here, Caesar. Talk. So, uh, Andrew Thomas Burrett, a 42-year-old resident, turned to crime earlier this week, battering an in innocent golf cart driver before gar carjacking his car wow. and leading the police on a low-speed chase along US-1. A low-speed. And your uh, mugshot. What? Someone named Sugar Booty texted Wait. him while he was reading that story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so keyword low-speed chase. I thought this was on chase. 95, because I saw it. There's an Instagram page called Only in Dade, yeah. and... Somebody was in a golf cart in the express lane going north on 95 like a week ago. She got Whoa. Baker acted. Maybe it's a second golf cart story. Do you tell me there's two <laughs> golf cart bandits down here? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure, dude, this is like old folks county. I'm sure there's a hundred a day. Like Boca? How about this? Boca, where you're Boca, from? Yeah, so many. Oh, yeah, Boca, where you're from. How about yeah. this one? Florida man places. arrested after hitting dad with pizza because he was mad he helped birth him. <laughs> <laughs> he was mad about his own birth? Interesting. God damn How it, does dad. the dad help what in the He was arrested process. for domestic battery after admitting he hit his dad in the face with a slice of pizza slice? because he was mad his dad helped birth him. That's not bad. Yo, I went to juvie when I was six. No, I was sixteen. Shit, when I was twelve, <laughs> because I smashed a moon pie in a kid's face and I got assault charges. No way. Damn. Damn. That's crazy. Fucking food, dude. You know yeah. what's a moon what, pie? Food. You know, I think they were like, <laughs> you don't remember what moon, moon pies, pie? man? Maybe we didn't Chocolate have those on the Kayla. outside, marshmallow on the inside. Oh, yeah. I smeared it <laughs> all over. This kid's face is a sticky freaking. Oh, man, Alex, so you probably kid. were in the in the Florida man cover. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if we can find it. <laughs> how do we just breeze over the only in Dade topic without talking about how Ian has been featured on that page? <laughs> oh, yeah. You forgot to put that as part of your bio in the intro, dude. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, You're uh, famous. Famous in Dade for um, walking down the road, dragging a sled. A lot of people stopped that day. Which... Let me point out is hilarious that you got featured and you've done it once and that other crazy dude we know. Remember, you know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. He does it All every the time. day. Yeah, because he, that guy looks like guy. he's yeah. like a homeless dude carrying his freaking cart. He <laughs> looks like freaking a superhero saving the day. That's the biggest <laughs> compliment Alex has ever given you. Yeah. Give him a hug. It. You're Take welcome. Yeah, give him a hug. That, that, the Dude, comments on that, that. on that post were hilarious because it's Ian just looking like a fucking mutant bushel of grapes, <laughs> pulling this sled, and a guy sweating in a car, profusely. Guy in the car slowly following behind me. And then when you turn around, he's he like, goes, oh, oh. <laughs> How did you not notice his camera? I, I think I make did sure you insert it. that video here. Yeah, please, only indeed. Oh my god, that page is hilarious. You, I mean, you should have seen that. In my de in in their defense, I was walking in the middle of the road. But in my defense, the road is kind of slanted. So if you drag on one side versus the middle, it kind of slides in the gutter. And kind of messes up your drag. You know, you have turf in the gym. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you got to turn around too many times. Now, you know? Ian was you were sunbathing. That's good for vitamin D levels. That's what yeah. I thought. 
<laughs> anyway, that was it for today's podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, we're really excited about having these podcast series come together. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed. If you have any suggestions of how we can improve, how we can make this better for you guys as listeners, please drop it down below in the comments um, and keep in touch with us. We're at Hybrid Performance Method. Check us out and uh, catch you guys next time. Bye. Bye, world. Goodbye. <laughs>